New Loop, Who Dis, this week on The Hapless Heroes. Uh, well, how long will you be in town for? Mm, probably until the apocalypse. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Hapless Heroes podcast. I'm Francesco, and I am your host and DM as we continue this never this sort of Groundhog's Day type adventure at this point. Um, we are going to introduce this lovely cast. You know them, you love them. Um, we're going to start from my virtual, I don't know, camp, it's all relative, virtual left this time. And actually, it's going to be Nicole as Boris the Butcher. Hi. Phil, as Cedric the Entertainer. I can only take so much time warp. I mean, it's a good song and all, but over and over again, it just gets old. Zach, as Pregnart. Hello. Mike, as Lord and Captain Quinn Southwind. Always at my service. And John, as Lord Gerald Light. Pregnart, after we're done signing in, we'll have to get you that uh, peanut butter cup. Yes, please. Dave, a.k.a. Zero, is feeling a little under the weather, but will be rejoining us soon. But he has given us his blessing to continue, and um, we've kind of established a little something about where Zero is going to be here. So um, we'll start by establishing where we are right now. Uh, You've just begun your technically third attempt, even though the first one was a very short-lived attempt uh, of this time loop to save the universe, as it were, um, or save the world. or You're saving a lot of things, potentially, by doing this. Is that what we're trying hope. to do? I don't know. It's I've sort of a last-ditch effort that was barely explained to you before you were thrust into it. So I guess the I've solution around, is... I've pretty much. <laughs> well, you know, you I got, can't speak for everybody. Uh, we got a brief glimpse of um, Felix uh, smashing the clocks in the heaven or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. you yep. sure did. Yep. Uh, you know, there's some, 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 some shit going on over there. So, you know, um, there's a lot at stake. You learned a lot about what's been going on here. You've learned, you know, you learned about Ebenezer's son, you you know, about Filbert. And when we last left off, you were, had discussed a few different strategies where the group was essentially trying to make it to try to both prevent the, explosion in the cafeteria from happening that had happened last time as well as Boris seems to be on a mission to secure a student disguised to potentially pursue the he's all that angle or some <laughs> other angle where there were subterfuge and a disguise would be required for her to look like a student. Gerald's goal. Prioritize yeah. uh, an apocalypse, Carol. <laughs> I, I, I kind of want to make that happen. Gerald's goal I mean, listen, this time around is to try to get as far as we can without getting them all against us. Because the only reason we didn't get to watch the apocalypse happen last time was because the guards didn't trust us at all. So if we can manage to like kind of take the better parts of last time and incorporate them with not getting ourselves in trouble. But our party's not good at that. So. Mm-hmm. Um... What I'm going to say though is like is now Mildred Mildred Scutelbute, the one of the you know like the one of the lead professors at school who was you know had signed you in last time right and given you the access key runes you needed to be able to traverse some of the floors as guests um, has seen you again in the hallway and has been beckoning you know has beckoned you to come with her to get your passes. Pregnart charmed her with his with his um, profound apology and. And Damn so they're man. like besties, you know, they, she has a, a, a tremendous amount of respect for this stranger um, that she's just met that looks like a frog. Um, and Zero, as he is, you know, walking with you all down the hallway, 
there must be some sort of you know, we, we described there's a bunch of classrooms and offices and things like that as you, you kind of pass by in this like circular sort of hall that, you know, goes all the way around the circumference of this tower. One of the classroom doors um, is open and you not you, you don't remember this one from last time, but the you, you see, some sort of force appears to suck zero straight into the door and you can see that. His body is like almost propped up against like this large metal like object, like a magnet almost. And he's just like stuck to it. And now several professors have like, you know, like thrown some paper, like there's papers up in the air and they're just like looking puzzled and like very, you know, inquisitively at, uh, at zero. And they seem to be very interested in like what he is composed of as sort of this living or like living thing that obviously is magnetic. They weren't expecting so a, a metal indisposed. man to walk past their giant magnet. <laughs> <laughs> I've combined both ideas that Dave gave us and that all of the you you gave us, you, the cast, have gave me um, for what Zero could be doing right now. And there it is. That's how we're going to conveniently explain his absence for the next episode or so. Mm-hmm. So... We're left with Jarrell being sort of the voice of reason for the group. Quinn being... Quinn? Just well, don't tell everyone you're a pirate, Quinn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that didn't go over so well last time, if you recall. Uh, so we have we have Jarrell, Hedrick, Quinn, and Pregnart following Mildred. Boris was instructed to go find a clean set of robes because hers were stained because she had pulled them out of the dirty laundry. Ben, and uh, that's where we are now. So, so this is like a Scooby Doo moment where, like, he was behind us and just got like none of us noticed. Uh, you all noticed. Oh, but, okay. But Zero is already trying to talk his way out of the situation, and you know him being the astute, I guess, like quasi-intellectual or like just like you know like this 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 being of like data and like and you know and like. Like, you know what I mean? Like he's 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 half he's like he's like a machine man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who they, they, he's going to get along great. He's a scientist. He's, they're going to get along great with each other. Like he'll he'll be fine. He'll be able to work his way out of that at some point. If anything, Although, he'll you know, make he may more miss friends. Some social cues. <laughs> That's true. And you know you we all know that, that I think that the theme or the goal for this particular run through was to uh, garner goodwill versus. Um, not like making enemies uh, of the of your of your potential allies for saving the world. Um, so, I'd like to start with Boris because, like, you and the rest of the party are following Mildred to her office. She's going to get you signed in like she did last time, get you your access key runes, you know, give you your guest access to the floors that you're allowed to be on um, as dignitaries of. You know the of, 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 of Dr. Hines. Um, what I will say, though, I guess before we completely cut to Boris, I should we should we need to account for the goldfish, which Zero was in possession of. Um, uh, the thing is, when you reset that goldfish, is just you know I, I think that I had forgotten to me- I think I forgot to mention this last time, so I kind of want to just establish this now. The goldfish is put back onto the table. Like whenever you reset, that goldfish is back in the bowl on the table in the office. Okay. So, um, which one of you wants to be responsible for the goldfish? This I, I think it'd be best if Jarrell <laughs> were in charge. I see of the Boris goldfish. raising her hand, and I, I, I <laughs> even though I am not allowed to have an opinion on this, I really don't think that's the greatest idea. No, it went I horribly not right. Out. Yeah. No. Mm-mm. Okay. <laughs> Again, my opinion means the nothing. Safe hands. Right. My opinion means nothing, but mm-hmm. it should be noted. Make a uh, little initiative. <laughs> see who would have grabbed it first. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about that, but I was like, no, I don't want to make a contest out of this. Yeah. We really should just give it to somebody so that we know who has the goldfish. Okay. The group is following Mildred. Jarrell, you have the goldfish in your possession, which um, I guess, like, where, how, how are you carrying it with you? Just so uh, honestly, know. there's not a whole lot of hiding spots outside of, like, Jarrell's bag, and it's not a safe place to put a goldfish, so he's probably just carrying it. Perfect. We're going to address that then. Um, okay. 
as we enter into Mildred's office, because I think a man care like a man in a full suit of armor carrying a goldfish in a bowl is, I don't know, I, a little n- not something that I would be considering commonplace. Maybe sure, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but first, Boris, you are now separate from the group. They're about to go get their access cards, essentially. Right to be able to move about this place, how are you going to get one of those? Easily. Um, Student Boris. <laughs> I, where I am right now, so I'm with Richard the Laundry Boy, right? Yes. And and yeah. the, the... We named him Richard? The, okay. Yes, I have it noted, Richard the Laundry Boy from, from last time. Name. Yep. I mean, no, he's a very important NPC, obviously. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and his giant bin of clothes right that i had rooted through is there anybody else around yes damn it like a lot of people okay there's classes happening there's like there's like people in motion if there's there's classes happening people should be in the class well people are getting to are moving to and from classes like there's staggered schedules there's always you're not just gonna mug this kid and throw him down the laundry chute are you The fact that Jarrell was, I think that John was able to predict <laughs> what your actual plan was. Yeah, no, I don't think that would be a very difficult thing to do inconspicuously, given your current surroundings. Very there difficult. There are hall, there are hall, and on top of students, there are hall monitors that are constantly watching what's going on. You can even see Mildred signal to one of them to like watch her area while she takes these guests of Dr. Hines to her office. Okay, well, since Boris, you know, would have noticed all of this with her crazy high perception, she does for a moment briefly consider just taking out Richard, throwing him into the pile of laundry and stealing his access card, but instead chooses to ask Richard, hey, where do I get one of these new uniforms? I'm all turned around in here. Oh, you don't typically... Uh, take classes on the floor. Hey, yeah, I haven't seen you around here before. Are you, uh, you a new student? Yeah, I just start just started here. I have no idea where I'm going. I've been here for like an hour and spilt stuff all over myself. <laughs> wow, that's a rough first day, huh? Sure I, is. Yeah, uh, sure. Uh, yeah. Um, well, if you just got to go down to hold on let me just make sure i name a floor that i don't have something <laughs> currently assigned for so I would third floor <laughs> no that's splash lagoon right <laughs> okay well i mean we got laundry in the first basement um floor um but you know uh i mean i I got. A, I have a couple spare robes in in, 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 in in my locker. If if you wanted one, that would be amazing. Thank you so much, Richard. And I I I, I give him a hug. I, I you know. He's, super- so now Richard. I mean Richard looks definitely like um like he's like a, he's a scrawny kid. He's he's he looks slightly socially awkward, and so he just kind of like, you know, he like squeezes his shoulders together, right? Like he doesn't like. Like, and then he just kind of like, like puts his arms out like very rigidly and just kind of like, you know, puts them like above your, above your hips, like, and just like kind of pats you like, you know, like, like he's not, (laughs) he's not a hugger. Perfect. I check his pocket for his access card. Make me a sleight of hand check. Can she fail these? 27. (laughs) No. (laughs) Yeah. You, you find his access card. (laughs) Perfect. Okay. Um, and then he, you know, walks you to, he's like, uh, thanks. Uh, follow me. Um, he kind of like walks you down the hall to where his locker is. And yeah, you can see that he's got like a couple hanging up, like all nice. They're a little like he's, he's, he's taller than you. So they're going to be a little long. Um, he's like, you know, he's like, you know, I'm sorry. It's not like a perfect fit, but like, you know, I just, it's probably easy. Uh, there's a, you know, rest restrooms and like air over there. If you wanted to like go change in private, because I don't think you want to do that. Like you know, here in the hall. No, that probably wouldn't be wise. Thank you so much again, Richard. You've been a great help. 
Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. What, what was what was your name? Sally. Sally. I hope we see each other again. Sally. I hope so too, Richard. And he. And I uh, farewell and hands you a uniform. He's lucky he didn't get stabbed. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Boris, you have your uniform. Mm-hmm. You have an access card. Um, we're going to just switch to the office for a second. So All right, Mildred we're going with you. Mildred Scootleboot. You are with Mildred Scootleboot. And, um, you know, she brings you into her office just like last time, you know, has you take a seat. Um, and she's like, okay, just, you know, a couple of questions. Um, also, what's with... If you don't mind me asking, uh, is there a significance to the fish? It's just, it just seems kind of an awkward thing to be carrying around. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, this, we haven't really seen much of Dr. Hines. This was intended to be a gift for him. Uh, he seems to uh, enjoy the goldfish. Um, but we haven't seen him in a little bit. I'm just holding on to it for him. I wasn't sure why he wanted it. His office is a mess. <laughs> yes, that it is. We actually just don't even bother sending the cleaning staff up there anymore. We just... It's it's his workspace. And we just all tend to steer clear of it. He's a brilliant mind. Just That brilliant mind sometimes comes with certain collateral damage that we just don't want to expose any of our faculty or students to. Again, brilliant mind, though. <laughs> Compliment sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, so the purpose of your visit, you said you are dignitaries or guests or something of Dr. Hines. So, uh, where, from, where, you know, where did you come from? Uh, you, you must have traveled very far. I've never met anyone like your esteemed um, frog. How may I address you? I'm Pregnard. Pregnard? What an interesting name. Yeah. I like you. We're best friends now, yeah? I'm, I don't have many friends, so yeah, I would be happy to call you a friend. You, you are very sweet. You want to go get sweet. the pie sometime together? That is, I know a really good pie place. It's close. <laughs> he does, too. <laughs> she seems like, like, just taken aback for a moment by just, like, your your kindness, right? And your, like, your, like your willingness to, like, hang out. She's like, well, I'm a very busy lady. I work I work a lot. You know, I, I love I my know, job. I love like being here. Hang. but. So sweet of you to say. Uh, is that something that the kids are saying? Yeah. Yeah, oh, we wow. say. Um, I'm not really a kid. I don't really know how old I am, though. But I say it. I can hang. And oh, well, I yes, think maybe you seem like you can hang, too. Uh, well, how long will you be in town for? Mm, probably until the apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> He means three days. Uh, he certainly means uh, three days. <laughs> I don't know if you could hear the gears churning in my head, but the, I feel like I was trying to really just think through that, through Pregnard's brain lens. Yeah, and no. That, that's what com- came out. Yep. I mean, I don't think Fran expected the answer because the the question is very, you know, normal. How long will you be in town for? Oh, you know, just until the apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, until, until the, the end of happens. And then we'll have to go. We'll have to be going then. She 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 just like she like stops. I'm sorry. Did you just say apocalypse again? Jarrell's butting in with it. He means three days. He sometimes gets confused on you know oh, leaving is that a places. Different way of- is that a, is, is that does that mean something in, in is he I don't mean to assume does, you know if he speaks a different language maybe there's just something that's getting lost in translation there is certainly, is a, it's a very different thing you know yeah there's certainly it, some translational issues we've had with our friend here yeah <laughs> uh, uh, do we need a, a peanut butter cup now uh no, no we're going to get you one of those though don't worry a peanut butter cup. Yes, he's yeah, very fond of Sometimes if I screw up, uh, we have to have a peanut butter cup. That's, um... Reinforcement. An anyway, I am Lord Jarrell. Yes, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> yes, and the rest of you, uh, Lord Jarrell. Uh, yes, From yes. where do you hail? Uh, from the land of High Rock. Uh, yes. 
Uh, we oh. are here specifically because um, Dr. Hines wanted to show off the wonders of this tower, and we'd never been here before. We'd have dignitaries from High Rock come every so often. We don't necessarily get along with some of the church-going types. They find some of the teachings and experiments we do at this school to be aberrant, however. You see, I am quite the healer, so I do enjoy learning new skills here and there. Well, we appreciate your open mind. We hope that you're Stay here and, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll bring you good things to take back with you to High Rock. Hopefully, you know, you can explain to them the good work that we're doing here in Ul. Certainly. And, and um, the, 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 you too. I'm so sorry. We, we've never, we have not made acquaintances. I, I, I've just, I've been so smitten with your, with, with our esteemed guest here. I, 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 I must apologize. I That's am... okay, Mildred. <laughs> How did you know my name? Uh, didn't you tell us? She did not. I know she did not. <laughs> Oopsies. <laughs> um, uh, make me a perception check, Pregnart. That's gonna be a four. Jarrell, make me a perception check. Actually, you know what? Just everybody. Everybody make like the, the, the four. Everybody of you, in the room. Yeah, yeah. Everybody in the room. I, I, I'm gonna give everybody a chance here to potentially uh, <laughs> save my frog ass. <laughs> Use your net or your lucky feet if you have to. <laughs> Do I want to though? Do I want to waste it on this? Mm, you might. Thirty twenty. Ooh. What'd, you, what'd you get, Phil? Dirty 20. I had 18 okay. plus 2. A, a, a dirty 20. I like that. That's <laughs> a, I've never heard it described as a dirty 20 before. That's nice. An unnatural 20. Um, uh, I, I did I did get a nat 1. Okay, perfect. So uh, you're, you're not even paying attention at all, Quinn, because like you have, like, no one said your name yet. So like, as far as you're concerned, like this conversation has nothing to do with you. Mm -hmm. Um, Hedrick, you happen to notice that on her desk is a nameplate that does say Professor Mildred Scutelbute. Professional, you'll have to excuse my friend here. I know it might sound strange uh, that we have come to you from High Rock, but I assure you our alliances there and our studies that we pursue here are purely academic. Uh, in fact, my friend Pregnard here is quite a powerful uh, user of magic, and, and sometimes his telepathy and, and sort of ways of the mind can get the better of him. Uh, I oh, find it remarkable, remarkable individual, but... Uh, I'm very bit. observant. <laughs> well, we are... <laughs> like one well, eye I'm points one way and one eye points the other way. <laughs> I didn't... I, I, I'm sorry, we're all friends here, but I should advise you that the use of magic... On school grounds, especially with when it comes to telepathy and mind reading and anything that could be an invasion of another's privacy is strictly forbidden unless you, you know, unless it's for, well, some of the, there are certain exceptions that can be made from by faculty and staff, but that is, those are very rare exceptions and we do not exercise those powers unless they are absolutely necessary. I'm really sorry. I just thought I had met you before. Oh. <laughs> well, um, I appreciate that, but yes, please refrain from any further telepathy and invasion of people's privacy. Uh, just in general, and I think that's just good advice. Okay. Rest assured, uh, we'll keep a close eye on him. Yes, um, well... You know, we have the we have our a public library um, and the atrium on the first floor that has you know if you, if you, if you're into literature or you know things of you know the arcane arts and other publications that are made you know to the public. However, on the second floor we have our private uh, collections where you know some of our more esteemed guests are allowed to visit. So um, where can we know, get we can... something to eat? Oh, where well, there's cafeterias. Um, on every fifth floor. 
Um, we want to go to just... the good one. Where's the good cafeteria? I assure you, they're like all the really same. really good cooks in the kitchen. Well, and he kind of looks culinary... at Jarrell and he winks. He winks at him. <laughs> <laughs> As if to say, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, Jarrell doesn't need us to be saying it out loud, though. <laughs> As if to say, he winks at Jarrell. I get it. I get it. <laughs> I'm sure she did not see the wink from the giant frog eye. <laughs> <laughs> wink, wink. I need to get the food. We will get you that peanut butter cup just as soon as we've finished steining in. Special cake with a special message on it. We can do that as well. Yes, I, I assure you, uh, the culinary professionals we have here at the school and the students that they are are assisting them are will be able to make anything that you can dream up within reason. Mildred, just one more thing. Would it be possible could we get sort of a uh, a guide of the different floors of this tower? We recognize there's many floors of access and not access, but just curious. Everything you guys do here is just so incredible. Each floor. Well, I mean, that depends. I mean, if you're just here to see Dr. Hines or be his guest, you know, is there any subjects that fascinate you? Is there anything that, you know, you are looking to any public lessons you may want to sit in, uh, sit in on. Unfortunately, you know, most of our public lessons that are open to the public are reserved for the weekend, which, uh, actually, I look at my calendar, that's so. That's that's tomorrow. What about uh, music studies? Um, we do have a bard college. We actually have multiple branches of bard colleges here, yes. Um, those would be... Well, we have, they're condensed between the 11th and 12th floors. I'm sure we can find our way around for the time being. We will be certain to ask if there's anywhere in particular we would like to go. Also, wasn't today Wednesday because tomorrow we invent Thursday brunch? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, let me, let me, re, let me, let me just retake that. Uh, that looks like it's in two days. Well, that's wonderful. Um, wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Mildred. Um, you're very welcome. Let me just get these passes for you. So I guess these will give you access to, you know, our public floors. There's also, um, you know, a Splash Lagoon on the third floor, if that's something that tickles your fancy. Um, yeah, we love the Splash Lagoon. Yeah, I'm sure you've heard of it. It's It's been written in many uh, travel guides for, for well, we're very proud of it as well. And some of our oh, best yeah. water shapers have, have really we've, done just a fantastic job. The public loves it. We've read about it. And then he, he winks at Jarrell again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love this so much. Does she give us each a, a pass? Or do we just get one pass? She gives one to Pregnart. Just like she gave one to zero. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jarrell will ask, uh, is there any way we could have more than one pass just in case we get separated or anything like that? Yeah, th I think we probably need more, more than one, please. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to. I just assumed you'd be traveling as a, as a group. Uh, Mostly we will, sure. of course. But I just think make sure you return these before... You leave. Um, do not give them directly to Dr. Hines. We may never see them again. And she hands you each then. Uh, she just like, you know, a little incantation and hands you each a key room. Oh, are, are we expected to wear the robes throughout the building? Everyone else is. Is it okay if we're dressed oh. like this? You, yes, I mean, you may draw some attention, but just, you know, um, here. And she hands you, like, little, like, tags you can, like, stick to your clothes. <laughs> they, say, they say visitor. Right. If this makes you feel more comfortable, just... Is there thank anything you. else I can assist you with? No, thank you. We should hurry off to get a peanut butter cup for our pregnant friend. <laughs> yeah. We need well, a that's... special cake with a special message on it. Well, you know where my office is. We're right up here on the 25th floor. Please come see me anytime. And please do tell Dr. Heinz. Well, no, I'll just tell him when I see him next. Uh, have a good day. Uh, Jarrell takes the goldfish bowl and yeah, we I, th I think we kind of like fast walk to the teleporter. Uh, as we're going, uh, 
Jarrell will turn to Hedrick. Which floor was the explosion on? And he whispers that to Hedrick. Let me uh, check the logs of my memory real quick. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I think it was the 15th floor, Jarrell. Okay. If I'm not mistaken, we should be able to get there just in time, since we're not stopping in Ebenezer's office first. Or deliberating in the hallway for 20 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. What kind of colors are you thinking, Pregnart? Let's brainstorm this thing on the way. Yeah, so this this uh, this conversation start you know is happening. We're gonna cut the camera over to Boris. So Boris, you have fresh pair of robes. You have Richard's key rune. I'm assuming you're probably trying to shuffle away before he realizes anything's missing. Yeah, I think we had left off with me having already gone to the locker room and like. Yeah, you're like changing. you changed. Like I was right. already changing yeah. in there. Yeah. So, so uh, cutting back to Boris, you're you're seeing the elevator doors or the tele beam, however that works, closing yeah. on Boris after just, yeah. pressing the 15 you, button. Well, not like that. It's you, step, <laughs> you just you think step, 15. You just you just step into this teleportation circle and think of the floor you want to go to, and then you go there. Okay, so Boris is like, we're going to say that Boris arrives at the 15th floor first. Right. Lines I mean, there. It's like any it's like any other floor, Boris. Um, you know, like this was this, this, but this was the, if you recall, the school of evocation. So a lot of this, a lot of the classes being taught here are to help teach you how to harness like the elements and things like that to essentially evoke magic in a way that could either destroy things or, or, well, it does, there's other things too, but yeah, evocation is mostly like casting fireball and things of that nature. Um, so it's a, it is a, it is a bit of a, a volatile place to be, but you know, they, they do manage to keep things pretty well under wraps. Well, except for that one thing. You know. So she walks confidently towards the cafeteria, having known where it is from last time. There is a cafeteria. People are eating in here. It looks pretty, pretty normal. Food's floating out of there. You know, it looks pretty tasty and everyone's just talking, having a really nice time. There's probably like at least there's got to be at least like 200 students and faculty and like just like, you know, like we're just people like academic types of all ages, like hanging out in this space. Is it like absolutely packed or are there some empty tables? There's some, there's still some empty seats and stuff like that. I wouldn't say that any table, it's, like, there's like, it's mostly long tables and then like some circular, like some like long tables in the center and the circular tables that kind of surround it like around the outside. So like you're, you're, you're typically sometimes sharing, you know, at least some like table space with some other people, but you have enough room to sit on your own, not necessarily bothering anyone else okay boris is looking for a table that's as far away from the service window or reasonably far from the service window in fact she was here last time so approximately where the explosion looked like it ended away from the service window (laughs) Um, and she's trying to find a table that theoretically if she needed to she could you know pull up as a barricade as an explosion was happening yes so you're you are sitting an explosion's (laughs) length away from the uh from the, from the service window. Yep, and just just observing. That's that's yeah. So we're gonna the, leave her. The, <laughs> the food is just kind of floating floating on out of there. Um, are you ordering anything for yourself? Are you hungry after seeing all this food just floating out in front of people? I mean, it's everything. Yeah, you know what? Boris knows everyone else well enough to know that they probably expect her to be here. So she preemptively orders a plate full of peanut butter cups. Okay. A plate full of peanut butter cups after about, we'll say five minutes, floats out of the kitchen uh, window and is sat right down in front of you. And now the teleporter brings the rest of you guys after about five minutes in Mildred's office down to the 15th floor. Okay. Boris is in the cafeteria, dresses a student. Where are the rest of you? You are in the teleportation circle currently. Are you making just a beeline for the cafeteria yourselves? Uh, Jarrell would go there pretty quickly, yeah. 
Okay. I rest of you follow, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. You walk into the cafeteria. Um, as you're walking into the cafeteria, you see a you you can see a plate of peanut butter cups floating to a table. Um, in the back, very far away. In fact, as far away as possible from the service window. Right. Pregnard, you notice it first. It's it's exactly what you it's it's exactly what you wanted floating in the air towards a table. Oh, I want those. I'm going to follow those. And narrate everything that I'm doing. I'm walking towards them. I'm salivating more than usual. So you're all hearing Pregnart literally narrating his thoughts out loud as he's like, as soon as you walk into the cafeteria, he's like, and I'm walking to the thing and I'm going to do this. And like, you're, you're, just, you're just watching him do it. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, Jarrell lets him go and enjoy his peanut butter cups. Uh, and Jarrell walks towards the service window and just pretends like he's kind of like looking around and admiring how wonderful the cafeteria is but he's putting himself between what might be the blast and the students as he tries to think of a plan to get in there interesting okay Patrick's gonna follow with Javrel um, at least trying to act as if like maybe if, if nothing else Hedrick is a uh, a follower or some sort of servant of Jarrell's because he naturally looks like radiant in his armor, and I'm still just a musician, so I still so, have you know he did to. have a retainer at one point. Yeah, um, so that, that's where I'm trying to lean. Where at least it makes sense that I would be next to him, and that makes sense. and maybe I am like taking notes with him or. What about you, Quinn? Are you doing? Are you going the Pregnard direction, or are you going the Jarrell direction? Um, I, I'm torn here. As the, so I'm, <laughs> I'm certainly not going. If I'm following Jarrell, I'm certainly not going to act like his retainer. Um, <laughs> that that you, is which you, which you can see that Hedrick is clearly leaning into. Right. Like so. Th- that's where like I I'm trying to think of how Quinn would kind of do the opposite of that. Um. So I think I think what he does is he kind of like fluffs his his um, his jacket a little bit. Um, he maybe he like pops his collar a little bit. I don't know. He does something that I'm trying to think of like what he would do. So he he walks up. You're um, literally just trying to make yourself look important. He, so this is, this is talking. This is what Quinn yeah. does. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, a hundred percent. So he he makes sure that he's always like a step ahead of Jarrell. So even though Jarrell is technically leading us in a direction, I'm oh just my like God. you're like you're yeah you're like you're like flip, <laughs> you're 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 exaggeratedly walking. I'm metaphoring him. him. Yeah, I'm I'm making I, sure that I'm constantly like one iota. Step. I love that. Yeah. I love that so much. I love that so much. Okay. Perfect. I know I'm I following Jarrell, but I, have I don't want noted, people to think that I'm following. I have it Jarell. as noted that you are standing directly next to Jarrell and are tr- and, and are trying to anticipate his movements before he makes them. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, Pregnart, you make it to the table in which these peanut butter cups have sat down, and um, I mean, Boris, you're in a pretty decent disguise, but at the same time, it's like it's not like you made any effort to like make yourself look more like any more different. Than yourself, right? You haven't like. Yeah, I just you know, I look like Boris the student. I still right. look like Boris. <laughs> so you see, Boris is already is, is sitting there with this plate of peanut butter cups in front of her. Okay. Um. Do the pregnant inspects the peanut butter cups for any any messages? <laughs> <laughs> um. No. When you say that, what do you mean by that? <laughs> because the plan is to order some sort of confection from the kitchen. Has a message for Ebenezer Jr. Yeah. I mean, yes, you believe that that is what the plan is. So, like, what I'm saying is, when you say you are inspecting them for a message, are you like literally like grabbing handfuls of them and like breaking them open, or like, like what are you no, doing? He just takes a cursory glance at the top of the tray. Oh, okay. Well, then, no, they they don't appear to be arranged, and they're just arranged in a pile, a nice, neat pile. All right. It's so, a little less neat. Boris has definitely already eaten a peanut butter cup if they've been on the table for more than half a second. Boris, we need to do the plan. We need to put a message. We need to say a message to the kitchen that says, 
Dear Ebenezer Jr., um, we are your friends and we believe in what you're doing and we want to talk to you very bad, so, um, let's, let's all get together. Can I, can, can someone, okay, a listener or someone, like anyone artistically inclined out there, some super fan, can someone like, just, just like Photoshop that onto like a cake for me, please. Like that entire <laughs> all, thing, that whole thing, that whole words. paragraph. Can I just, can someone like give me a picture of that, please? Um, I, I, I need it in my life, like now. Thank you. So, anyway, so Oris's mouth now has like is, three. Because I thought that, is that the order now? Well, you thought that, but did you like? Were you like? But you were you were talking out loud to Boris. Like, did you did you actually think that? Uh, I that wasn't no no the the purpose of that statement was to clarify what we should put on the cake. You were clarifying Boris. that for that Boris, not not, yes. not yeah. actually think like because like you have to be intentionally thinking that this is what I want for it to be sent to the kitchen. Right, 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 right. No, no, no. I was asking Boris if. About just still a heady was, concept. Asked, Don't yes. get me wrong, but I was, yeah, I was asking to clarify the the concept. Yes, I'm not gonna just like I'm not gonna be a dick. There's plenty of ways for me to be a dick here that I just you know like there's so many opportunities for you guys to just naturally fuck this up that I don't need to add <laughs> more ways for that to happen. So, so Boris has like three peanut butter cups in her mouth by the time she's answering the question because it took two peanut butter cups to ask it and says, "Well, it's gonna be a really big cake, for God." <laughs> I mean, it, it it has to be under a cubic foot, I think, so they could just write small. They're doing it with magic. They could do it. Meanwhile, by the food service window, what are you guys doing? Terrell, um, now that there is there is a window, correct? I mean, yes. Like the food is floating out from somewhere. We're um, we're looking in the there's window. There's like a hood over it, right? Like you can like look in, you can see there's like students working in there. There's a, you know, what appears to be a, you know, like some sort of like head chef person instructing and like moving around to the different like prep stations, like you know, inspecting everything. And then like there's a there's that finishing station I had mentioned, right, where you can see Filbert, um, like you know, kind of he he almost looks like he's just bored or like like kind of half engaged with like what he's doing but he's like waving his wand but you can see in his literally in his other hand while he is preparing or like finishing food is like reading a book like he has a book in his hand that he's like reading and he's like waving his wand and like you can see like some of the meals that are like are starting to like just take shape from the ingredients that are floating over to him from some of the other stations. Like it's all just so it seems like to be like this assembly line of ingredients that are then being assembled by some sort of magic with whatever Filbert is currently doing. And you can see the the chef actually yell at Filbert and be like, Filbert, what did I tell you about paying attention? This is a very good this is a very delicate spell that you are casting right now. Do you want to send out raw fucking chicken? To a student, because that's how you do it Sounds by like not attention. paying attention. And Felbert's like, "Yeah, yeah, just sorry, I didn't want that." He's just like, you see him like muttering to himself, but you can't hear what he says, and he just like puts it away. And then like you see the the chef like peek down and like look in the window, and you staring at the food being made is not going to make it be made faster. Take your seat and wait for your food to be delivered. The students are working as hard as they can. I'm not expecting the food to come faster at all. I'm just enjoying uh, what I'm seeing. I've never seen a cafeteria like this before. Well, we can, we have tours that are scheduled at very specific times during the week. For right now, you need to let us work and move away from the window. Oh, where, where can I find the times for these tours? And Jarrell's just trying to like be a distraction at this <laughs> point. Uh and Philbert then turns around to you. He's like, "Just go down to the information booth on the first floor and ask somebody there." Like, it's like, like we're like we're working, man. And he's like, "Oh shit!" And you can see like his wand start to like fizzle, mm-hmm. and like and like there's like now suddenly this like 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 all of the ingredients start like that are like floating in there that are kind of like queuing up as for like the different like orders that are being thought up are now like all starting to like amalgamate. With each other. Yep. 
Jarrell looks at Quinn and at Phil, uh, and, uh, Hedrick, uh, and raises his shield up. Hedrick <laughs> <laughs> will try to give notice to it first. It's, hey, 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 watch it. Stop that. What's happening there? The, the, the chef just says, please back away. Do not distract the students. We, okay, everybody, we have, we, we have a, hold on, um, we have a code slop. We have a code slop. Everybody, get your wands out. We need to stop this right now. Filbert, back away. Put your wand down. Quinn. Filbert's like, Filbert's like no, no, I can fix this. Don't worry. I, I got this. If everyone would just stop talking, I could focus. Darrell puts his hand on Quinn to not do any magic yet. Because we're not no, supposed to do any magic. No, 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 no. What I was going to say is Quinn, who's been trying to be a half a step ahead of Jarrell, is now slowly going a half a step behind Jarrell. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Boris, not seeing any of this happening at the window and kind of trying to compact what Pregnart has asked for, is thinking in her head, a pie full of dynamite right now. <laughs> of course she is. What? Why? What? Because it's Boris and she wants everyone to explode. You know, compact way of letting them know there's going to be an explosion. I just yeah, sure formed the <laughs> Well, the thing said within reason. So right. that, would, that is probably a request that would just be rejected by whatever, yes. you know, enchantment is allowing you to do these things. Yeah, right? Because Pregnar got, Pregnar got yelled at by a different chef for trying to essentially get was like a life-size... Mm-hmm. Like ice cream sundae or something like that, like a gigantic Boat ice cream sundae. Boat size, that's the one. Any ice yeah, cream sundae so. is a life sized ice cream sundae. You're right. right. You're right. Excuse me. <laughs> Poor choice of words. Yikes. <laughs> Anyways. So Jarrell knows that um, the three of us nearest the window, uh, Hedrick and Quinn, are because of Jarrell's amazing power pretty uh-huh. safe from any spells that could cause us damage right now. Um, uh-huh. I'm hoping that being in the way of the blast will also protect some of the students with my shield. If it does pop off still. Well, I mean, you saw the aftermath of the explosion that happened here the first time, and um, I mean, listen, I'm not doubting the awesome power of your shield, but I mean, do you really think that a sh- just your shield is really going to be enough. No, I'm thinking that his amazing auras are. Oh, sure. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. Let's wait. I guess I guess well that Jarrell's Jarrell's putting <laughs> that's where that's where Jarrell is putting his money. Meanwhile, there is chaos happening in the kitchen. You have been asked to back away. Jarrell will back up a little bit and from stop the distracting the yeah. students. Yeah. No, if they, they think they can handle a slop. <laughs> right. Hedrick will want to warn the students. Everybody, okay, everybody, do do? something's going on in the kitchen. I'm going to have to ask you to back up. Um, Remove. Get up from the tables. We need you to move back at least 50 are you, are, are you just Are you just pro- like projecting your voice normally? Yeah, I'm not. I don't want to use any magic. But right. So have, some, have some, feeling... some, some students who are who are like sitting by you, like, you know, can hear some of what's happening in the window, too. And yeah, some of them are starting to get up from their chairs now as they hear code slop being called. Um. And now, like, you know, you could, like, now Boris and, and, and Pregnar, you're starting to see, like, f- towards the front, like, the cafeteria, like, where some of the, you know, like, near where the window is, like, people are starting to, like, get up from their chairs and now start moving towards the exits. Uh, Boris follows through on her initial plan when she came into the room then and flips the table over and hides behind it like a barricade. The peanut butter cups go flying into the air. Damn it! Oh, I should have moved those first. Craig <laughs> goes through on his initial plan and thinks of an order that uh, gets sent to the kitchen that is a case. I need you to tell me, word for word, in Pregnart's internal monologue voice, what? Or just in, just or just whatever Preg- like whatever is, is happening, whether it's his deep internal monologue or his surface level thoughts, what is Pregnart thinking about? Like what does this cake say and what is on it? Dear Ebenezer Jr. We really like you. We really want to talk to you. And we really believe in you. Love. Your friends. (laughs) 
perfect. Very specific. Super helpful. Um, instead, what happens is now in the kitchen, a bunch of cake frosting, icing, flour, eggs, like like all of the components to this cake are now flying up into the air and now also amalgamating with this gigantic ball of food that is starting that is like forming in the kitchen because now all of the orders are just combining into just one gigantic mass of food hmm. you don't see that <laughs> Jarrell and Quinn might see it from where they're standing um just because now it's starting to become a little too large and like you can use there's like chaos in the kitchen because like the shit like the chef looks concerned like Phil Philbert is like like still like desperately pleading for him to just like try to fix it but everyone ever like there's like it's just like, it's like everyone is shouting over each other like if you've if you've ever been into a in, in a kitchen that is out of sync like if you've ever worked in a kitchen before and have like been there when like the chaos everything, <laughs> yes when like that's it like so, so, so like something got fucked up somewhere along the line and now it's absolute chaos. No one knows what's going on. No one knows what they're doing. It's it's just, it is an absolute hell. And that's the scene yep. that's unfolding in here, except with a gigantic magical ball of food that's forming instead of like, you know, orders being behind and out of order or whatever is happening and other problems you see in the kitchen. So I just want to, because that, that might be relatable for some people listening to this show, you know what I mean? So I just want to like make sure that I paint the picture a little bit more for those who may understand the experience. <laughs> Um, and it, I mean, it gets to a point where because of the fact that there's all these competing voices and all this stuff happening, you know, it, you know, a lot of the students have shuffled out now of the cafeteria, but, um, you know, some of the ones towards the back, you know, like, you know, it's like sort of like a wave, right? Where it's like, as people are starting to get up from their chairs, like there's other people like, Hey, what, what the fuck's going on? Like, why is everybody getting up? Why is everybody leaving? And they can see Hedrick is like, you know, like pointing towards the doors and being like, get the fuck out, everybody like something's going on. As, um, um as like the tables move, I'm assuming that the ones closest to us are the first to leave. Yes. It's so like as the last student is there, I'm gonna walk with the group. So like the last oh, person so there. So you're backing up from the kitchen and yeah. sort of just essentially like like sort of being that front line mm -hmm. between the students and the kitchen. Okay, no, oh, very admirable, Jarrell. Um, yep. And Quinn is obviously behind you. Not <laughs> one in front step of you. ahead of me. Very much so. <laughs> um, He's got the metal armor. As, as, you're, as, as, as some of the last students are starting to like like get up and file out, you can start to see a bunch. Of, some of the some of the, some of the students who were in the kitchen are now exiting from the kitchen. Mm -hmm. um, and moments later, just <clears throat> I mean, a massive concussive blast blows out the side of the uh, cafeteria wall that you know that finishing station was behind yep yeah food chunks of stone like everything just <sighs> shoot out into a rush and i mean make it all the way to the far wall i mean just smash against the wall food is sp spraying everywhere there's there is frosting and condiments and like like half cooked and burnt meats there are like like every like it's just everything like vet you know like charred vegetables like soggy vegetable like everything is just like it just flies out of the kitchen and just sprays all over the cafeteria. It's better than and now do we have to make a, do we have to make a check and, or anything? Yes, the three of well, Boris and Pregnart are are far enough back and probably would have been moving with everybody else. It's hiding um, behind my table barricade, but I had yes, like a, right. a, you know at least plywood wall in front of me at minimum yes. and probably real wood wall and I reality. think you'd be fine but I would like I would I think I'd like the other four of you then beside from I mean I guess well, Pregnar would be fine too because he's behind the table you were sitting together yeah. Pregnar Jarrell I'm sorry Jarrell Quinn and Hedrick um why don't we do a dexterity saving throw please okay so we get to add we get these at advantage uh and we add my charisma modifier Oh, so I already have advantage. I was going to ask if I had advantage because I was already behind you. You might get partial cover to your AC. 
All right, so I got a 19, and you guys get to add four on top of whatever you rolled at advantage. 27. Okay. 26. 26. Yeah, all great. Yeah, all great. That's that's fine. I mean, you know, you guys managed to sidestep or like, you know, any any, any large debris that would have blown out from the wall. Um, but like now it's just sort of like, you know, there's there's like a lot of dust that's like kicked up into the air. Like it's kind of smoky in here. Like there's like actually it's like some small fires just from like the charred food that's like burning in here. Uh, some of the, ta- you know, that the, are like on some of the tables and whatnot, you know. The staff, um, the teacher and... Um, Filbert, do I see them? No, it's it's like like from where the explosion happened in the window, like it's all just smoke. Jarrell will utilize aura of vitality, or what is it? Aura of life. Um, okay. So it's a ten minute, thirty foot radius around me that re- brings any creature at zero to one HP. Interesting. Um, it's a fourth level spell. You can feel like it's done. You feel like it's done something when you cast it. Okay. Um, but you're just not sure, entirely sure what it's, you know, who it's affected. Right. So I'm um, trying to just kind of make my way through and make sure that everybody who would be, have been in that area is now affected by my radius. And then I also might as well use um, my turn the tide to heal them a little bit too. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, hit points are, like, any hit points for anybody who would be in that radius, their hit points would have been replenished, but... Um, so they go from hear, just exploded to feeling fine. <laughs> you, well, kinda. They feel, they probably still feel like shit in that, yeah. you know, their bodies were just rocked by a fucking explosion and they were briefly, like, unconscious or almost dead or maybe... I mean, the thing is, like, if anyone was killed outright by that, there's no... You'd have to... Like revivify them if there was a body that left. Well, if they if they go to zero, um, zero is different than going negative something, right? If you go negative max, you're dead, dead, dead. And I I can't see anybody who's still dead, dead. Well, you can't see anybody. Period. Because of the smoke, right? People standing next to you, right? You can hear some coughing happening from the back. That's all you can hear. It's like an explosion just happened. There's fire. Yeah, there's yeah. smoke. You know what I mean? Like you can't yeah. see anything really. Um, it's not long though. Like I mean, it feels like a while. Right, the initial shock of the blast. Like your ears are ringing a little bit, right? You can hear some people coughing. There's like you know most of the students got out. There's people screaming in the hallway now because they heard the explosion. Um, it, it doesn't take long before some prefects and, and 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 teachers and hall monitors start rushing in to see what the heck's going on. Um, and then as soon as they see the smoke and the fire, like they start calling for for help, and they see that yep. you're you are you're all standing there, like you know, they're they're like you know, are you okay? No, please, like please exit. Like something something terrible has happened here. Like you need to you need to leave and get to safety. Uh, Jarrell just nods. If, if you're injured, if if you're injured, we'll take you to the infirmaries. Otherwise, you need to make your way out of the cafeteria. We need everybody out so that we can assess what's going on here. And look and, and, and help who needs to be helped. Uh, so Jarrell nods and does add, uh, if you need any help, again, I am a good healer, but we will leave this to you. And Jarrell walks out <clears throat> of the cafeteria. Okay, so you guys evacuate. Does everybody everybody evacuates when, like, when, when ordered to do so? No, Boris dives into the smoke hole. Make me a stealth check, Boris. First, you're going to make me two checks here. Thirty. Thirty's great. Now make me a Constitution saving throw. Oof. That twenty. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Boris the hero. Born, yeah, born to be a firefighter. Apparently. God damn. Yeah. So like you are. I mean, like you managed to like you know wrap something around yourself. Or, like you managed to like you know configure something so that like you like this. You're able to kind of you know battle away most of like the smoke, right? And like you're trying to like kind of stick like low to the ground, and you're just like trying to, like essentially you essentially crawl your way into the kitchen and are kind of below the smoke line. Yes, and I'm using blind sense to try to figure out where any people that are in there are, and I'm specifically trying to find Filbert. I really don't care about anybody else. That's like Filbert's the first person you come across. Perfect. I start dragging him out. 
<laughs> he is unconscious, but he seems to be okay. Like you can see like some spots where like his skin might have been burnt, but it's already sort of been healed. Um, but he's unconscious, but in breathing. So you're Excellent. dragging him out? I, yeah, I'm dragging him out in the direction of like where the prefects are. Um, they see you and they're like, oh, oh my goodness. And like, they like, you know, come and like one of them grabs you and like, kind of, you know, it puts like, puts you under their arm. Right. And like, they're like, and some of the other, like the, the other, you have other two people like who grab Filbert and they load him onto a stretcher and they, they pull him out of the, um, cafeteria. Morris immediately makes so. a big teary show and goes, I'm not leaving him and tries to like dive after him. Uh, yeah, sure. You you managed to like I, I mean because you're slippery enough. Like I, I really love this scene, so we're just letting it happen here. Um, yeah, you rush after Filbert. You like you know like throw yourself like oh, like towards the the stretcher he's on, and they're like, oh, just just let her go with him. Okay, we're all really right. going with the he's all the right. You're, you're, <laughs> he's all that. You're you're coming you're coming you're coming with us to the infirmary. Then we're gonna, we got we got to get him to the fourteenth floor immediately. Okay. Um, Okay. Okay. So and so now that you you see as everybody as y'all evacuate, you see Boris now like like almost like a crying widow, like 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 looking over Filbert and like following them to the teleporter uh, yep. area. Uh, um, Boris while, sticks out her tongue at Pregnar briefly when she's passing him, if nobody else is looking. Pregnar <laughs> gives her a blank stare with eyes going in different directions, <laughs> as he does, and that is where we're going to call this episode of the Hapless Heroes Podcast. Oh, man. <laughs> hey, you out there listening to us out there in the world somewhere. If you like us, you could find us on the internet. Such places as Twitter and Instagram. Look for at Hapless Heroes. We're also on Facebook and Reddit. Look for Hapless Heroes Podcast. But really, the place that we're actually hanging out, the place that we encourage you to engage with us on the most aside from twitter where we you know are kind of doing more stuff now is our discord server where you can talk to us have a conversation with other people in our in this amazing community that we've built over the years I mean, we've got like over like we've got over 100 people in there now like we're just it just keeps climbing and climbing and it's uh it's a wonderful thing to see like conversations popping off without us even you know like people giving each other advice on like hey we have first time dms who are like you know look looking for advice you know like where we're, we're, we got people talking about their own games talking about character concepts they have sharing pictures of food their cats or dogs or other you know amazing things going on in their lives it's just it's awesome we encourage you to be a part of that community um and yeah it just be hope to see you there but if you really us you could leave us a five-star review or rating in the podcast service of your choice those things help us get more people to listen to this amazing show and we also just love reading your kind words and you know hey if you say some nice things about us we'll shout you out too and we'll say some nice things about you in fact we have uh another review we have a five-star channel in our discord if your podcast service doesn't offer you one and we have somebody who left us one just recently uh jvost ug3 uh, writes to us after listening and catching up to uh, listening to and catching up on Critical Role, Ned Pod, Dimension Twenty, and Dungeons and Daddies, which are all very successful D and D podcasts. I'm just gonna say that right now, okay? Um, they're like, I needed something else to listen to, so I was browsing and came across them, and they said that they had five years of backlog, and I knew I needed to check it out. That's usually pretty intimidating, so that's really nice to hear. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and I'm only 18 episodes in, right? but I would put it on the same pedestal as all those big name D&D actual play podcasts because Aww. the jokes, the story, the characters, and the combat is A1. I am never bored with the storytelling and all of the zany role play. My favorite character so far is Hoblet the Smasher. Yeah, that seems to be everybody's favorite character, especially <laughs> at the start of the show. Well, Jay Vos, man, if you make it to here, because like you said this was, you said you were on episode 18 when you wrote this review to us. Like, obviously, this is episode 200 and something, something. Uh, <laughs> like... We hope you made it here. We hope you enjoyed the ride. We hope you're still enjoying the ride. Thank you so much for your kind words. You rock. You're a five-star human. Now, if you really, really, really like us, you can donate to our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash heroes. We got a whole bunch of stuff on there. We're trying to find more ways to engage and, you know, add new rewards. We even have a special channel in our Discord server you get access to with a little shiny roll you get to set yourself apart from all of the other 
just as awesome people in our Discord server. But you know, just to kind of show your, just you know, a little extra thing to show your support to us. We really appreciate it. It helps us keep the lights on. It helps us, you know, replace our aging equipment um, or cover, you know, hosting costs. Like it all just goes back into making this show for you and keeping it ad-free. So we, you know, really appreciate all the support we've gotten over the years. You guys rock. And if you yeah. like us right now, you like us, Sally Field and the whole deal, go to your supermarket and go to the, the beefsteak tomatoes and uh, just start taking one tomato at a time, just putting them under the old armpit and smashing them up into a good tomato crushing paste and uh, they'll try to interrupt that and they'll you have to say, no, this is the way I was taught to make the old-fashioned tomato sauce by my favorite podcast, the Hapless Heroes Podcast, an original D&D campaign. Don't stop me from making my tomato sauce. <laughs> I have to finish. Huh. Doable. That was doable. Yes. <laughs> certainly is uh well you know the drill i guess there's nothing left for me to do besides now outro my lovely cast for you starting on my virtual right this time with john as lord gerald the light until next time mike is lord and captain quinn southwind thank god i have my trusty savior next to me <laughs> zach as pregnant I, I kind of still wanted that cake i'm pretty bummed Phil as Hedrick the Entertainer. I think there's a little bit left on the ceiling. And Nicole as Boris the Butcher. Hang on, my darling Philbert, just hang on. And I'm Francesco. I've been your host at DM. Tune in next week where maybe we're on to He's All That. We'll see. <laughs> Bye-bye now. Bye. 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 Goodbye. <laughs>